Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and I am so excited to have you here and share this amazing interview with you today. I am chatting with this amazing woman named Carrie Foley. And Carrie is a pretty kick-ass woman. First of all, just to let you know in advance, she juggles freelancing full-time as well as raising four kids. She's a superwoman. Um, Carrie's story is so fun and inspiring. She is an insanely hard worker. She's been designing for over 15 years. And she has such an inspiring story. She really built and grew her career through building friendships and relationships within the industry. And I've talked about this before, you guys, but the value of creating those friendships. And I I specifically don't even use the word networking because I don't mean, and, and Carrie and I talk about this in the interview, I don't mean going to these sort of air quote networking events and handing your business card out. That's not what this is about. It's fostering and creating genuine relationships and friendships within the fashion industry because that is what will really allow your career to take off. It was what will allow each next dream opportunity to fall into your lap, just like it has done for Carrie. And she's going to tell us all about this in the interview. She also shares how she's managed to raise a family of four beautiful children and juggle her career at the same time. I'll tell you in advance, she doesn't have the magic solution like I don't think anybody does, but she's got some great tips and she's really, really doing an A-plus effort to make it work. So I know you guys are going to love hearing her story and how she built her career and how she juggles motherhood and life and her career in the demanding fashion industry. Thank you guys so much for listening. And a quick heads up before we get to the interview, I wanted to tell you about an email that keeps popping up in my inbox from you. I keep getting it over and over. And it goes something like this. I absolutely paraphrase, but hey, Heidi, thanks so much for the podcast. I listen to it all the time and really enjoy all the great advice. I also just checked out your site and got on your email list. And wow, I had no idea how many other free resources you have for working in fashion. So I got that email once and I kind of thought, well, whatever. And then it started showing up in my inbox more and more, something to that same extent. And it like hit me like a semi-truck. I realized, whoa, people listening to the podcast have no idea that Successful Fashion Designer is way more than just this podcast. Now, quick side note, I actually started Successful Fashion Designer before the podcast. The podcast came later. Um, and so I'm sorry I didn't tell you this. To, in me and, to me, in my head, it was just so clear, and I obviously know my business very well. But for you, you would have had no idea. So I'm here to tell you now that I have hundreds, hundreds, literally, of free tutorials, templates, and books on things from using Adobe Illustrator for fashion, because those skills are required to work in the industry. So I've got tons of free stuff to help you out with that. I've got great content on tech packs, freelancing, I mean, you swipe copy templates you can use for pitching and proposals and and all sorts of stuff for freelancing, um, advice on landing your dream fashion job, a whole book on creating your fashion portfolio, and so much more. And I'll just tell you, and this is not, these words do not come from my mouth, these words come from your guys' mouth, is people tell me all the time that they've learned more from my free resources than they did in four years of fashion school or than they did from other programs that they've paid for. I do really try to make my free content better than all the other content out there. And I give away 90% of my material. So here's what I did for you. I put together my best free content just for you as a podcast listener to help you get ahead in your fashion career. And I would love to email it to you right now. So this is what you can do. Take 30 seconds, hit pause on this episode, and go to soheidi.com slash email. That's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I dot com slash email for instant access to my best free stuff. I will get it into your inbox right away. 
All right, enough public service announcement. As you guys know, if you want access to the show notes, please just scroll down wherever you're listening and you can check out all the resources mentioned in this episode. And now let's jump into the interview with Carrie Foley. Welcome, Carrie, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I would love to have you start by introducing yourself and telling everybody out there listening a little bit about who you are and what you do in the fashion industry. Thank you for having me. Um, well, I guess I can start kind of in the beginning where my love for fashion started. Um, I actually loved fashion at young age. So um, starting in middle school, I kind of grew up during the supermodel era. So when Nikki Taylor, I'm aging myself, but when Nikki Taylor <laughs> and Cindy Crawford were big. Yeah. So um, loved, loved looking at fashion magazines. I mean, I would be holed up in my room for hours. Every time like a new magazine would come in, Yeah. I would just sit and just stare at everything, what the designers were doing, what the colors were, what the models, how they were posing and all of that. I just loved it. So um, that was my first like love of fashion. And then um, I really started to get into art in school, in high school, and kind of connected the two and ended up really liking um, the idea of doing fashion design for a career. So kind of an early age, I decided that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then when I decided that's what I was going to do, when I started looking at colleges, of course, my choice, I told my parents, is that I wanted to go to Parsons. I'm like, I want to go to Parsons or FIT. Yeah. And I live, um, we, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. So okay. um, my parents were like, well, let's let's look around and see our other options too. So <laughs> um, we decided to take some looks at some other colleges. And luckily enough for me, um, the University of Cincinnati has a, an amazing program called DAP, which stands for Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning. Oh. And it's a, it's a design school and it's pretty well known around the country and, and the world for um, top programs. And they have a fashion design program that's there. So when I was looking at different colleges, um, I did end up looking at that one the most because one, my parents had gone to University of Cincinnati as well. And then two, with all the great feedback we heard about the school. So they were known not just for having design and having a good reputable program, but they also did internships. So when you were going to school every other quarter, when you were in school, the other quarter, there'd be three, um, three months you'd be in school learning the program. And then three months you'd be off working at an internship. So by the end of your graduation, you had interned at like six different companies. Wow. Wait, every quarter you did an internship during half of the time. Yes. Wow. So it was great. So we started with um, let's say I started like in the summer, I think was one of my first internships. And then I went into the winter quarter doing another one. So it was great. I had a lot of contacts that way. Yeah. Um, I had started out just working a small, um, kids boutique in Cincinnati for my first one, and then started to go into like more corporate type settings. So I did different ones, like from Macy's headquarters in New York. Um, Hasbro toys actually was in Cincinnati and that was a super cool internship. Um, and then I did Gap in New York and then back in the day, Limited 2 was here in Columbus, Ohio. So that was mm-hmm. actually my last internship I did before graduation. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it was a great experience. I mean, I really got to see the ins and outs of the industry and what a true job would entail once you're out of school. So that was really great. Um, and then once I started in the industry, I actually started working for, so after I interned with Limited 2, they ended up offering me a job um, right before graduation. So I ended up working for them for several years and loved it because I really love um, kids' design. I love children's wear. Um, I did have a love for it even throughout college with a lot of my projects I did. Um, so I started working for them. And when I was there, they actually went public. And then they ended up, um, they are now today the store that you know as Justice. So it was limited to, right. and then it became Justice. So right. um, yeah, it was the first like big tween brand that was out there. Yeah. Um, so I was there um, for, gosh, five and a half years. And then I ended up getting an um, amazing offer with Disney stores out in California. So my old director that was at tween at, at two, she actually had left and went out to back to California where she was from. And she started working for Disney and needed to build a team out there. So I got a great offer I could not refuse. So 
I went out there um, and became um, a designer for them for the Disney store. So it was for all the girls and boys apparel lines and their accessories. Um, Did you buy it like the theme park or like the Disney store or something? So it was actually, yeah, it was for Disney store specific. And what I learned when I was out there, I guess the Disney, um, anything you see in the parks is under a different umbrella. It's called Disney consumer products. So it's a different team. A lot of that actually, well, at the time, a lot of that was actually bought through different lines through different suppliers. Um, in New York. So that was actually a different realm than what we were doing. So ours was more of like the in-house design team at the corporate headquarters. But, um, but yeah, so there was the park side and then there was our side, which was the stores and there still are the stores now, but, um, it's kind of changed over the years. So, um, so yeah, so I was out there with Disney stores and then it was kind of funny because after (laughs) kind of funny, kind of scary after about, um, six months of being there, they actually were not sure the company announced Disney announced that they weren't sure if they were going to stay open or if they were going to close. None of us had any idea that this was going to actually happen. So, Mm. um, we were under contract though, all of us on the team. So we stuck with it and probably about a year and a half, almost two years later, um, we still weren't sure what was going on. They still were in talks and everything. And so I was out of my contract at that point and I actually was engaged at that point. So my husband um, was back in Columbus, Ohio. He's a graphic designer. So he was working for a company here in Columbus. So I decided to start looking back towards there, um, because we knew we were going to have kids eventually and didn't want to raise kids out in California, although I love California. Um, so we decided to, um, I decided to look back in Columbus, Ohio, and I ended up, um, looking at Lane Bryant. They had, um, some openings there and they flew me out for an interview ended up um, getting a job with them. So I was with them for about, gosh, I don't know how many years before I ended up having my first kid. It was probably three years. And at that point, I decided, I think I want to get out of the industry for a while because I want to raise my child. So that, as you know, being in the industry, <laughs> it's hard to have the kids and the and the job. And so it was one of those things. It was a kind of ba- a battle, like what to do. So um, after being there for a while and I have to preface too, when I was with Lambert and I love them, but all the companies I was with, it was crazy hours. So, I mean, I was always working. I mean, I think it was not abnormal for me to be at any of these companies until like 11 o'clock at night and then yeah. go back in at like eight or nine. So yeah. that was the other deciding factor with me, um, deciding to kind of take a break from it. So, um, I ended up turning in my resignation with Lane Bryant and they were so awesome. They actually offered me a part-time position. So, which is kind of unheard of. So I ended up, yeah. So I was like, sure. I, I, (laughs) yeah. And so I ended up doing, um, part-time design work with them. So I was there two and a half days a week. And what was great is there was a freelance that was there at the time. And so she and I almost kind of job shared. So, she would kind of take over where I left off each week and we'd kind of just touch base like for an hour before I'd leave. And then yeah. when she would take over for the next day. So okay. it worked great. I mean, I was doing that. I had my first daughter and then I had my second daughter and I did that for about five years. And then I ended up getting pregnant with twins. <laughs> we were planning to have one more and ended up having <laughs> twins. So we went from an instant family of two to four. So um, luckily at that point, everything just kind of worked itself out because, um, right about a month before I was going to have my twins, I ended up getting, um, there was some stuff going on with the company where they were kind of doing some budget cuts and our vice president at the time had offered freelance to me, but she said, we can't keep you guys on as part-time associates. What would you think of that? And at the, at that time it just wasn't worth it. So I ended up financially, I was able to go ahead and and take the time off. So I ended up just saying, thank you, but I'm going to actually think I'm going to leave now. So I ended up having the twins a month later and I ended up staying, I ended up not working for about three years. I decided to just take the time completely off and stay home with the kids, which was great. Um, don't regret that at all. And I really had been wanting to do that anyway. So it was as much as it was a great balance with the part-time, of course, like having all the time with the kids was, was awesome. So um, did that for three years, raising my kids. And then, um, about three and a half years in my husband, financially, it started to get a little bit tight. So, um, cause my husband is also a consultant. So, 
Um, it was one of those years where it was like, maybe I need to start going back to. <laughs> so um, I ended up going and looking um, at LinkedIn, actually, and looking at some of the job postings they had in there. And there was one for a company, 31 Gifts. And at the time, I did not, this was back in 2013. At the time, I did not know of them, but they were a fairly newer, newer company. Um, they had been, they started out in Tennessee. So they had actually moved up here um, later on after they had started. So I did not really know much about them, but I had seen a job posting. And I noticed that there were a couple people that I used to work with at Lane Bryant and at Limited 2 that were working there. Ah, so, um, yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to them yeah. um, to see what they had. And I, at the time, I really wanted it just to be freelance at that point and just be either part time or some sort of flex. Um, I wasn't looking for full time. So when I reached out to my one friend that was there, um, she had said, unfortunately, right now it's just full time. And I said, that's fine. So um, decided not to kind of pursue that. And then, um, at the same time, I also looked at Lane Bryant and there was actually a freelance position. They were looking for someone. So I went in and I interviewed for that and, um, they did offer me the job for freelance. And then by fluke, Jackie, my friend that you've talked to before too, she ended up calling me back. She was at 31 at that time. And she called me back and said, actually, we're change of plans. We are in need of a freelance. Would you be interested? And I said, well, I'm like, I'm kind of in a pickle because I've got this offer now with, um, Lane Bryant, but, um, they ended up offering me a, a great deal and I, I couldn't pass it up. So I decided to go with 31 gifts and I've actually been freelancing there now since then, since about two, late 2013. Oh, wow. So, so good, yeah, like five so years. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it started, um, it started as three days a week, which was perfect with my schedule with the kids and stuff. So, I was freelancing for them for the first two to two and a half, three years, um, as three days a week. And then, um, there was a girl that went on maternity leave, um, after I was there for a while and they were needing somebody to be there full time for the three months that she was on leave. So, um, I had actually been working with that girl, um, doing, uh, her categories for a while. So I kind of knew what to do when she was gone. Um, and so I did that. And then after that, it kind of just developed into more hours. So I was doing, after the um, she came back from leave, I still was doing close to full-time hours um, of freelance, but then it kind of would go, it would change by month. Um, and then, gosh, probably about a year ago is when it started really being the full-time um, freelance. So yeah, so the 31 Gifts Company, I don't know if you're familiar with them I at know, all, but um, okay, so it's basically, it's a direct sales company but their design team and their product development team and everything is here in Columbus, Ohio. And it's basically, um, when I say direct sales, so there's sales consultants that are actually selling the product from like parties that are at home parties. They actually okay. don't have like a brick and mortar store. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, all the product design here, it's basically a handbag home and, um, accessories and gift company. So, um, it's all different kinds of fun things. So I, I had worked with some accessories in my past, but now I'm really working a lot more with that. And it's super fun because it's different than anything I've done before. Cause I had done apparel mainly and a, you know, some of the accessories in my past, but it was more apparel driven. Yeah. So this has been really cool cause it's a lot of different categories. Um, and the categories I actually had worked with, um, when I was doing the full time, uh, for the girl that was on leave. And now kind of what I do now, I work for, I own my own category of, um, for the consultants. So I basically design product for the consultants to use as almost like their business supplies, like supplies to use when they have parties and, um, to help them with their sales. So on top of, um, helping the core team that does all the product design for like the actual handbags and, the, um, gifts and home and that kind of thing. I have this own, my own separate category that I do, um, the graphics and the prints on and all the product design for that. So it's kind of fun cause it's, stationary, um, office supplies. Um, basically the other thing I should backtrack a little bit. They do a, they have a conference, national conference every year for the consultants. And at that conference, um, they get a preview of like the product that's going to be coming in for that next fall season. Yeah. And so the product that I'm designing is they'll have a store that's open there at the conference and all the consultants can come in and buy this product at the, at the store. So it's all the product that I designed. So it's oh, cool. t-shirts yeah. and 
all different kinds of stuff. So it's really super, it's been really fun because it's, it's different every year and it's, uh, the product is, and you're working with a ton of different categories and I mean, Tervis cups, when I say Tervis, it's like the kind of, you know, the hot, cold type cups. Right. Those insulated um, ones. Yeah, yeah. All different kinds of things. So it's, it's definitely fun. So well, I've been doing that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. So I've been doing that. And then, um, like I said, helping the girls in core, whatever they need, um, with too, when I say core, like all the, the product that you see that's in their kit, they, they do have a catalog. So, gotcha. so like their essential yeah. items. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so cool because it's like such a like sector of fashion that you like at the, your, your gut instinct of fashion, you don't think of like a company like that, or you don't think of mm-hmm. like even Disney, for example, you don't think like, right. Oh, someone has to design those clothes. Right. You know, we think of fashion, we think of like, I mean, okay. Yeah. You, you can think of like Lane Bryan, or you can think of like all the brands sure. on the runway or something, but you think of like right. the obvious, but I love your story because there's all these really interesting niche markets and it's like, someone has to design that. And like, that's mm-hmm. a really interesting niche job. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, oftentimes those are the jobs that are not located in New York or LA or maybe like Dallas, right. like another hub. And so I think for a lot of people, mm-hmm. they can feel like, well, I can't work in fashion unless I live in one of these places. And the, the reality is, no, 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 no. Actually, there's so many little or maybe not even little. I, I don't I imagine 31 Gifts is a pretty substantial brand. But there's mm-hmm. so many interesting opportunities that you just don't even realize exist. And right. you've had some of those. Yeah. Which is so yeah. Cool. It's been definitely fun. Um, yeah. And top of that, too. So there's also been a couple little freelance things I've done in between, too while still at 31. Um, like I said, my husband has his own, um, consulting business. So he does graphic design and stuff like that and digital marketing and everything. But so we kind of are under one umbrella, but, um, they, somebody on LinkedIn had reached out to me and it was a guy that works with the China factory and he needed some product design for, um, several different, um, retailers. So I've done stuff like that too, where I've been working through a, a China factory and doing stuff for there was like a JC Penney, Target, yeah. and Sears needed some stuff. So it's fine because I'm still dipping into like the mainstream retailers, but then you know working with this this company as well. So it's fun. And then um, I also had done, gosh, it was probably like 2014, 15. A friend of mine had reached out and wanted to do a line of pajama pants and like loungewear pants because she had been down in Florida and she's like, oh my gosh, she's by day she's um, does not do anything with retail or anything. So she was like, Oh my gosh, I was traveling and I really like these pants and we should do something. We want to do something together. I really want to do something. This would be so fun. I can market it and you can design it. So of course I'm like, Oh, it's creative. Yes. I will totally go into it with you. So we started out with like a little small concept and did, um, sold it at a couple, like we did a couple parties and there's a big community at our school of parents. So of course we were like, Oh yeah, let's try to sell to some of the parents and stuff. But it really, it's funny when you're like, oh yes, I'm going to do this. And with all my experience and background of like knowing what it takes to develop a line from start to finish and, you know, working with factories and developing everything, it's like, oh my gosh, you still, there's still so many parts and pieces when you're doing it on your own. (laughs) So it was, it was tough because I was trying to balance that with my freelance work and then I'm raising my four kids. So yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So I ended up, we didn't do it for very long. We did it for a little bit and I'm like, (laughs) and it was, it's sad because it probably would have done okay and decent but I just it was one of those things where I'm like I don't think I have the time it needs like, a lot just, of effort to actually it make does. it work yeah and if you don't yes. then it's just not it's you can't no. you can't half-ass it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's so amazing. You've done so many cool things. I definitely have some really, um, specific questions. I want to kind of dig into certain parts of your career. Um, so my first question is you went from like working at limited Two and Disney essentially doing like tween and kids stuff Mm -hmm. to Lane Bryant, which is like for people out there listening, like we have a really big international audience. So like explain a little bit about what Lane Bryant is, especially in relation to tween. And then yeah. I want you to talk about how <clears throat> were you able to jump into a different category? Because I know it's very easy to get pigeonholed. And a lot of people sure. out there are like, oh, I am stuck in this category, but I'd really like to get into something different. So tell us what that transition sure. was like for you. And one a quick one-liner on what Lane Bryant is for those people that, who don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Lane Bryant is basically a plus-size company for women. 
Um, they do everything from apparel to sleepwear and they do have lingerie, which is another brand called Cacique within the Lane Bryant stores. Um, so yes, so basically a, a plus size women's wear. So yes, it was definitely a transition yeah, very from different. going from children's and tweens to, <laughs> and I will not lie when I went in for the interview. I mean, I think they really questioned like, well, can she do, you know, like, yeah. can you do this? Cause it's women's wear. And I mean, how did you even so, get the interview? Like, did you have anything in your portfolio? Like, I want to hear all about this. So gosh, I mean, if memory serves me correct, I mean, I had just my work from college, which did have some tailoring pieces in it and knitwear and that kind of thing, which was women's wear. Okay. But, um, it was more so just speaking to my experience with, you know, working with product and working with the design team. I mean, being a designer and working with the CAD team and what I can do. Um, but really they did want to see a project. So, sure. um, I definitely did a, a big project. I did, um, a trend report, a trend board, and then, um, they wanted you to design pieces around a collection. And I think at that point for my interview, it might've been woven, was it woven tops, I think. And then an active wear line, which was kind of funny because I had done active wear at, at limited two. So for mm. the first couple of years at limited two, I had done active wear specifically. So I knew a lot about the whole active lifestyle branding and all that kind of thing. So that was great to help me with that. And then, um, uh, so I did that and I did some sketches and I did, all different kinds of things. And I actually, at that time too, I did have in my portfolio, I had actually interviewed with anthropology and with Hollister Wow, because you big brands. Yeah. So I was trying to, um, look at other places because at the time that was when we weren't sure what was going on with Disney. So I did a couple interviews there, um, for anthropology and for Hollister. So I did have a portfolio of some sketches and flats and concept work you know, that I had done for those, which I think kind of helped also with my portfolio when I went mm -hmm. into Lane Bryant, because then they could see like, you know, she doesn't just do tween right. specific. So that definitely did help as well. But um, yeah, I went in to the interview and they ended up giving me a smaller category, which was a collection group. So it was designing at Lane Bryant when I ended up getting the position, they ended up giving me a collection group. So it was called Cityology Studio at the time. And I think it's been changed to something else now. But basically, it was a small collection, almost to kind of test out new ideas um, that they wanted to get into the store. So I basically had to come up with the um, the concept, the fabrics, what trend we were trying to go for, all that kind of thing, and design a whole collection around it. And they would have one delivery a month. So um, that's what I start out with there. And I also, at the same time, I think they want to make sure that I could do it. So they ended up putting me with, um, the oh. women's wear designer. So she, I, I helped her. And then I have my own collection on the, that I was doing. And then I also was actually doing dresses at the time. I look back now and I'm like, I don't even know how, I mean, that's it so many like categories for one person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was working like crazy insane hours. I mean, I was working until 11 o'clock every night. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was a lot. And, um, I loved the work, but it was just a lot. So yeah. So I started out helping the girl that was doing where to work. And then I, like I said, eventually, um, ended up acquiring dresses as well as the collection group I was already doing. So I kind of broke off from the where to work side and was doing my own collections as well as the dresses. And then I actually did the concept for them for Lane Bryant to do bridal. And I don't think they do it anymore, but they were doing it for quite a while. It was super fun. Um, so I got to do a, again, got to do a bunch of different things. I don't know how it's all come to me in yeah, my career, but for whatever wild. reason. So it was great. Um, what was great about working on the collections for Lane Bryant was just that, that they were collections. So it was one eye. I was working with wovens, knits, all different fabrics. Um, it mainly was where to work type of styles, but then I did have um, a couple collections that I worked on where I collaborated, collaborated with the casual team. Okay. And so we would kind of combine ideas, but, um, for the most part, they were collections that I did specifically by myself. And then what was super fun is we used to get to go to, um, do trunk shows for the collections. So I would travel to different stores and introduce the collection as they came into the store. So it was definitely a cool experience. Um, but yeah, it was a transition. I mean, for a while there, like the first year I'll say, I mean, I think I had to get to know that customer too. I mean, I knew yeah. what would be flattering, I thought, but I, I had to really submerge myself into it. But I mean, once I was in there and I kind of knew, you know, 
the ropes a little bit more, it, it wasn't so bad. But okay. I think also, like I said, um, I feel like any category you go into, the base is the same. And so far as the process, I mean, you're starting with a concept, you're doing, you know, research, right. you're there's doing some, some sketching. Yeah. yeah, there's some formula. So I think that helped. It's just um, really getting to know the customer. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously you just did a great job on the project that you did for them in the interview and they liked that and said, okay, we'll do this. And like you said, you think maybe they tested you out with that first um, tester collection. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they sounds like they just piled a bunch of stuff on really quickly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I kept doing the collection. Yeah. And then I, like I said, I moved into dresses, but what was so cool with that company too? I mean, I always think you learn so much from every company, good, bad, or indifferent. But I mean, what was great with them too is, I mean, I got to travel to Hong Kong, but I also got to travel to India and I got to see yeah. them hand beating the, cl- the dresses that I was oh, doing. That's so cool. Um, so just great experiences all around for that. Um, yeah. I have no regrets with, with switching from the children's wear into the women's wear. Cause there was so many d- different um, experiences. And what was great too is insofar as it being women's wear, of course you got to look more at the runway shows and really what was going on with trends, you know, that were trickling down from high fashion. So that was super cool too, because Lane Bryant really did position themselves. They wanted to be more of a fashionable, you know, brand. So, um, at the time when I was there, they were really trying to push the trends and things that, you know, women of all sizes want to wear the same thing. I mean, if you're plus size, you still want to be looking like everybody else and on trend. Yeah. So that was super cool too, because I really got to hone into, you know, looking at what was going on in the trends for, um, the runways and everything else. And so, it was definitely different from the children's, but it was still really cool. Yeah. And so then you said, like, luckily this opportunity to work part-time kind of fell in your lap there. But that yes. kind of is like a dream opportunity. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, why do you really think that happened? Do you think that that would have actually been a job that they would have, like, posted on LinkedIn and someone could have applied for? Or No. Yeah, there were special circumstances I, with you. Yeah, I think it was luck because um, the vice president at the time that we worked with, uh, and I love her still to this day, she actually, when I went into her and explained, look, I, I love it here. It has nothing to do with not loving my job, but yeah. I'm really torn because I'm going to have this child and I, I want to yeah. be there. This was your first um, kid. Yes, it's okay. my first kid. Okay. So I said, I really want to be there. Um, and I had told, it was funny because before I had resigned, it was, gosh, when I was first pregnant, it was when I was going to be going to India. And mm. I, of course, my husband's like, you can't go to India when you're pregnant. I'm like, I want to go. I'm like, I've never been. So I had to go into the vice president the first time and tell her, look, I really want to go on this trip, but I have to let you know that I am pregnant. I'm about three months pregnant, but I really want to go on this trip <laughs> because I want to get the experience. And so she's like, okay, that's fine. So she knew, you know, pretty early on that I was pregnant. And yeah. then when I went to her to resign, um, I said, it's nothing to do with the company. She, um, said, you know what, I'm going to, if, if you would be open to this, she's like, I'd like to give you the opportunity for part-time. She's like, I took some time off when I was, um, when I had my first child. So she could totally relate to what I was going through, okay. which is awesome because I feel yeah. like in this field, not everybody can relate. You don't like that. So. Sounds like a really like dream relationship to have with your yes. VP. Like you don't hear those stories very often. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very. I was very fortunate. So um, she totally understood where I was coming from, and she said, "Look, would you be open to doing, you know, a couple days a week?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Let me know what would work." And mm-hmm. so. Um, we ended up doing the two and a half days and it worked out great. My mom came up, actually, she would travel up every week from Northern Kentucky, which is about two hours away. And she would come and watch the kids while I went into work. And so it was great. But, um, but yeah, so I think that that's why that ultimately worked. I imagine Um, there had to be something with your work ethic too, though. Like not every employee gets that opportunity. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I worked the bone. (laughs) I give it my all. I mean, I'm just a tough worker. I think that was kind of instilled in me early. Like my parents are hard workers and it's just how I, what I know. So I think I never, you know, shortcutted anything mm-hmm. even in college. Plus I will say the college that I went to was very hardcore and very cutthroat. Like mm. they weeded out people within like the first year at my college. So it was a very cutthroat program. Um, I just remember like we would be out like for hours working and hours and then you have to go into class at like, you know, 8am, but you'd be up till five working on your project. And so I think even that part of it too, really like trained me just to know that like, this is how it's going to be. And 
not so, to scare people that are like looking no, to go to the industry, but no, you know. but I actually think it's like, dear listener, there are colleges out there other than FIT and Parsons, and right. they are also really great and right. arguably maybe even greater. I don't, mm-hmm. people in my audience know this, I don't have the best things to say oh. about FIT and FITM and Parsons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a matter of like you did, like doing your research on the school, making sure it's the right mm-hmm. fit for you. And those schools, just like those jobs, exist outside of New York and LA and all the, right. know, London and whatnot. Um, right. So you sometimes just have to do the research. So I think that's amazing. And it sounds like the program you found, I mean, six internships, that is phenomenal. That like gives right. you the biggest leg up in like getting your first job, which I would love to touch on that just for a quick minute. And I know it was a long yeah. time ago, so I mm-hmm. don't know what you, how clear your memory is, but <laughs> I, you know, there's, there's a common struggle that I hear is, um, turning an internship into a job. It's like a lot of colleges maybe require you to do one internship, but it's like not quite enough to get enough experience. And so then you're Mm -hmm. out on your own after graduation and you're like, well, I don't have enough experience for my first job, but now I'm graduated and I can't get an internship and they're stuck in this really weird in between. So you turned your job at limited or excuse me, your internship at limited two into a Uh job. How did that go down? Or what do you think that you did to create that opportunity? Well, I definitely think connections was a big one. Um, I really connected with the design director just, I don't know, I just on a level, I like I when I met her, we just clicked. Um, so I really clicked with her when I started the internship there. I think that really helped solidify um, my connections with them. And then um, I think I would just say relationships really, I mean, yeah. is one big thing um, to really make sure that you're invested. Um I was really passionate about the fact that, so when I went there for that internship, Limited 2 actually just had opened a freestanding store. Like the year that I interned was the year that Limited 2, which is now Justice, actually opened. Oh, so it was, like it was not new. even its own freestanding store. It was brand new. Okay. I think there was so much excitement around it. And oh, right. They like I sold in, the, in, the, in a corner of the Limited. Yeah, because it was, it was like yeah, a, before that it was right. Yeah, it was it was, it was in, the, in the, the main limited store. Okay, yep, sort of like yep. Athleta has their kids section and stuff. Right, okay, gotcha. So when right. I went in for the internship, everybody was brand new. Um, the whole concept was new. I think we had, um, gosh, our VP at the time. I know her name is Lisa, but she was actually prior to that was the VP at Jimboree. And, you know, Jimboree mm. obviously was a big brand back then too. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there was a lot of excitement around the brand, and I think just my excitement for the brand too because I was so excited it was a cool concept yeah. and I wonder I, I don't know if that helped but um I would say too to to these college kids that are like trying to get a job after the one internship I would say do other things on the side that you can I mean get involved with your college if they have fashion shows I know some of my niece went to the high state university for their fashion program uh-huh. and they only had to do one one um, internship like you're saying and so yeah. she got involved with their um, they have a fashion design or a fashion show program so it's people that coordinate their school's fashion show for the year yes. a bunch of students do that um, working in a boutique I mean I would say anything you can get on the resume to help get your foot more in the door at some of these places um, helps but if there's, I would also ask if there's any opportunity to extend the internships to when you're there. If it's only for like three months, see if there's any opportunity. I know at 31 Gifts right now, sometimes there's girls that they'll say, oh, it's only three months, and then it ends up being longer. So okay. sometimes you just depends. have to ask. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just asking sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. But building the relationships, I think, is a big one. I think that's a big one anyway in this industry because even though it is a big industry, it is super small too at the same time. So you really want to make sure, you know, you don't burn bridges, that you have good ties with people and that you have good connections because you never know where they can lead. Well, didn't you say like when you were looking on, like you took three years off to spend time with your family and then you Mm -hmm. were looking on LinkedIn and you're like, oh, there's some people from Disney and there's some people from limited and Mm -hmm. or limited to and slash justice Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I know. And that gives you like a leg up to reach out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, link, I ended up connecting with one of them and a couple of them, it was just by fluke. They ended up being good friends of mine too. So, and it was so funny too, because when I went into 31 for the first year with, and working with Jackie, it was a lot of the people I worked with at tween. So it was super (laughs) fun. I mean, just crazy that it all works out, but it does. Um, that's so cool. And so do, do, 
some of these friendships and relationships and this like sort of keeping in touch and and you know building your network does that come naturally to you or is that something you've always been Mm -hmm. kind of mindful of um it kind of comes naturally I mean I'm pretty social yeah I'm a talker yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm a talker my parents are too I don't know yeah I just I'm very social um I mean I was in a sorority in college it's funny because with my program like I said it was such a hardcore program so there were like maybe actually, no, there was one other girl in my fashion program with me that was actually in a sorority or maybe two. And so it was pretty unheard of, like to even be in a sorority if you were in depth, because either the fashion students just didn't think it was cool or they thought you were, you know, not as into involved with your program (laughs) as they were. And so it's kind of funny, but, um, yeah, there was only a couple other girls. So I, I've always kind of been drawn to just being social anyway. So I think, it's just in me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause I know for some people it's, it's, it can feel like a really big uphill battle and it's something that like sure. you need to think about like, okay, well, how do I stay in touch with people? How do I build these relationships? Like it's not something that comes naturally for everyone. Right. And so, I mean, if it does, it's like, wow, that's really amazing for you. Um, but for some people they have to work really, really hard at that. I've had guests right. who like have very strategically been mindful of like building those connections and keeping in touch and sure. being very proactive. Um, but it does, it always boils down to like who, you know, right. Um, yeah. I mean, we, I still keep in contact with a lot of people. Um, some that are at Lean Bryant, some that are, I mean, not even in Columbus because we have friends, I have friends in New York yeah. and New Jersey, everywhere. everywhere. And, um, I still keep in contact. I mean, some are just truly really close friends. Um, a lot of them actually that are up in New York. So, I mean, I see them anyway, socially, but, um, I even try to get together with some of the friends that I know around town. We'll randomly meet to do like a happy hour or a yeah. dinner together. Not as often as we'd like, cause we're all so crazy busy, but, yeah. um, I think that's important too. like maybe scheduling a dinner with, you know, past colleagues once every, I don't know, four or five months just to keep in contact. Yeah. Like twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's funny because they just had a a reunion for limited Two. somebody put it together. I was so bummed. I couldn't make it because it was (laughs) um, in December, like right during Christmas time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was all the past employees of limited Two. How cool. So it was like everybody. Yeah. So it was a huge reunion. So they, they said, don't worry, we're going to plan another one. So I feel like, I feel like this industry anyway is kind of a social industry. Like I feel like the people that are, at least I should say in the design and maybe the merchandising, I feel like those people are pretty social human beings, a lot of them anyway. So you kind of just naturally connect with people. But, um, but yeah, I think it can be though. It, but I've heard some like horror stories of how catty, yeah. How catty, like some, co-workers and people are and maybe it's like oh, sure. misery breeds company and like my inbox gets sure. filled with a lot of like rough stories and you know the people who everything's going great you don't hear from them and so that's fantastic but like sure. I think it can depend on sometimes who you're surrounded with and then it's just like okay well you so maybe too. need to try to pick the best people out of there and make friends right and maybe it just means finding a different company which is not always as easy said as done but right um that's amazing you've had that experience and it's just really allowed your your career to grow so quickly um so i think so too yeah. sorry not to get no, 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 i go also ahead. think so too part of it is I'm always open to helping people. Cause I, yeah. I just, I know how it is when you're trying to look for a job or, you know, I, I mean, I've seen my husband go through it a lot with his freelance, always trying to make extra connections for other, you know, new projects. And I'm always open to helping people. Like if I see a job that I know somebody I know would be great at, and they're maybe looking, or I don't even know if they're looking, yeah. I'll even reach out to them and be like, Hey, this is, I just saw this That's job. Really what do you think? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm always open to help. So I think too, that isn't a big stigma in our field. I feel like oh, there's not a lot of people that want to help. No, <laughs> it's going to like, <laughs> there's not stick to yourself. Yeah. So, um, I, maybe that's helped me. I don't know. I, and I'm not doing it for any, like, you know, like any like payback no or anything like that. Yeah. I just, I just like to help people. So yeah. I think that maybe that's helped me too. I don't know. Like you, you get what you give. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm sure it has had some influence. And like you said, you just do it out of your, your own nature. That's how you are. Um, so that's really, really cool. Um, I, can you talk a little bit about like the freelance stuff? Because, and and just quick disclaimer, um, Mm -hmm. you know, freelance in the fashion industry can mean one thing, um, Mm -hmm. versus what it, 
arguably means in other industries. Um, sure. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, we have a three-month assignment. You're going to be right. on on location 40 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. You're not getting benefits. You're not getting vacation. You're getting paid like either weekly or hourly rate or something. Mm-hmm. Versus like freelance where maybe you have a project, you just have to complete it, you do it at your own leisure, you just have to meet the Mm -hmm. deadlines. Um, What types of freelance projects are you doing? I actually am pretty much specifically with 31 right now. So um, are you talking about like other other companies or what do you mean? Well, I guess, like, I mean, I know you said, projects. didn't you say you did some other freelancing in between and you also yes. did some, did you freelance for Lane Bryant or did I mishear that? You just part It was part-time. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it was part-time. So it was two and a half days a week. So kind of like a freelance, but it was, yeah, part-time. Okay. Gotcha. And then the um, freelance that I did, I did some, but the freelance I did that was with the China company that did um, for different retailers, yeah. that was um, a project, just one-time project. Well, actually it was two projects. Okay. Okay. And I gave them, um, they kind of gave me a rundown of what they needed. And then I gave them a proposal. Um, and then from there told them how many hours I think, meaning in the proposal, I gave them how many hours I think it would do to take to do the project, mm-hmm. um, hourly rates. And then we kind of went over all of that. And then once everything was kind of signed off by the company, that company I did the freelancing for, then, um, I went ahead and did those projects. So they were two projects, um, that probably lasted maybe a month and a half. Okay. I felt bad because it came in (laughs) right during a crunch time that I had with my other company that I was working with. So it was so crazy, of course, but it was one of those great opportunities that I'm like, Oh, I really want to do this. So I look back now and I'm like, I didn't get contacts again. I, they loved the work that I had done, but I haven't, I didn't hear back from them again. And I don't know. I'm sure it's because, you know, I just didn't have the time. I don't know. I didn't have the time to do more. And I'm like, I wanted to do more. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so then your work now with 31 gifts and you said they, their design and product development team is in Columbus. Yes. Which is where you are. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so do you and go they, on site or do you get the opportunity to work remote? So I work there in the office, but then what's great about 31 is they're really flexible. Like if you need to be home, you can work from home. I mean, obviously, if there's days that there's meetings and that kind of thing or presentations, I have to come in. But um, like last night I was there, um, I stayed late to help them um, set up for a concept meeting and stuff like that. So then today they needed me to go out and do some um, research work. So I wasn't in the office then. And then I I ended up going home and finishing some research work here from home because it was stuff I could do online. So. So it was kind of, yeah, so it's kind of great that way. And they're really, um, they're really understanding with, with mothers and fam, you know, people with family. So that has been kind of a godsend because yeah. I have four and they're, <laughs> the four are uh, just under four years apart. So they're really close in age. So oh, it's wow. kind of crazy. It's like wow. its own little company in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I do want to ask about how you like juggle four children and motherhood and family and life as well as work. But before we get yeah. to that, um, mm-hmm. I'm just so curious to know uh, what is attractive about the freelance opportunity versus like if they were to offer you or would you even be interested in asking for like a full-time mm-hmm. job? Like what are the pros and cons between those two opportunities? Um, and I say that specifically because like a lot of people I hear out there who really want to work freelance are like, I want to be able mm-hmm. to work remote and like, yeah, maybe right. I can like go in for meetings or like fly in once a month or something. But like, I really right. want the opportunity to work remote and like live where I want or be able to travel or something like sure. that. And so I'm curious to know for you personally with the arrangement you have, which sounds like it's working great which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, what are, what are some of the differences between like that type of freelance arrangement versus working as an employee? I would say flexibility. I mean, at Mm. least for now, I mean, they do expect a lot out of me. I almost am treated like a full-time in the way that, I mean, I have my own categories and stuff like that there, but it is still flexible. Um, because I am freelance. I think that's the biggest um, plus for freelance mm, okay. is the flexibility. Yeah. Um, and you're not necessarily in all the meetings. Um, cause there is a lot of meetings <laughs> yes. in corporate America, as you know, yes. design. Oh so, my gosh. um, that's probably a plus, but, um, cons I would say, shoot. I mean, you just never know. I mean, I am under, you know, a year contract each time. So you just don't know, like if the business is bad, what will happen? Um, you know, you could, you could lose that contract. Um, so that's kind of a scary thing. And then sometimes like I know with my husband, he, 
actually is a flex employee for one of the companies he works with, but then he also has other clients that he does from home. But what's great with him is actually all of his clients are from home. So even the one that is a flex, he only has to go into the office to get the projects. So um, for him, it's really great. But on the other side of it, it's finding the new clients. I would say that for freelance, I think is one of the harder things is finding the new clients. Um, you know, we're not in New York or the big cities. We are in Columbus, Ohio, which is funny because they do say that Columbus is like the third in line for like biggest retail industry or whatever in the country. But, um, yeah, there is a lot there. It's funny though, over the past several years, um, things have closed or things have left. So, um, we have like limited brands is here, um, which is now Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works, um, and pink, but, um, Express and well, the limited actually closed itself, but Express, um, they moved their design team to New York. Actually, Lane Bryant has moved their design team to New York as well. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, so certain things have actually like gone away here. So, um, so it is, it is a bigger industry than maybe, you know, some other smaller cities or even bigger cities that might not have fashion. But, um, but I'd say that's kind of tough. Now my husband is in graphics, so his is a little bit different. There is more of that work, but, um, but yeah, I guess finding the clients and I guess, um, keeping it going, you know, like if you're going from project to project, making sure that you have another project coming down the line or, you know, I think that's probably the tougher part. Right. Um, and maybe if, um, I know I haven't had this experience, but I know my husband has it through freelance too. Maybe one of the other negatives is waiting for the check. Sometimes, um, <laughs> when you're freelance, yes, they can wait, they can wait up to 90 days. To I pay have you. lived so, that firsthand as well. Uh, you make some so yeah. really awkward phone calls. Oh yes, it yeah. So I'd say that's a downer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you have trade-offs. They, yes, exactly. You have to, you have to exactly. Pose. So, yeah. Um, and for different people, it works. It works great, or it doesn't work. Right. It just can depend on your personality and what type of lifestyle you want to create. So, right. It sounds like it's a right. really good fit for you. And so, on that note, like, I don't know if you have any magic tricks up your sleeve, or like, how? Do, I know you said your mom came up when you first had your first kid, but like, yeah. you know, for people out there listening who are trying to really balance, like. And obviously with freelance, it sounds like you have a little more flexibility. You're not at the office mm-hmm. until like 11 o'clock every night, but like, or maybe some nights you actually are. Yeah. How are well, you juggling I, this with four kids? <laughs> I wish I had the golden answer. It's something I'm still searching for okay. because I feel like any mother out there knows there's never a perfect situation as a working mom. I just yeah. think that it's funny because I try to figure out like, well, was it easier when I only was freelancing three days a week or, mm. you know, to, but I'm like, I don't know, because I felt like even back then, I'm like, oh, I can't do it all. You know, like, yeah. I don't feel like there's ever, I think any mom will never think that they have the perfect scenario. Even the moms that stay at home full time, because I was full time, you know, for, for a while too. Years, stay at home. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I wish I had the golden answer on that. I will say um, for me, what has really helped as, like I said before, so my husband is freelance and he works mainly from home. Okay. So that is amazing because he has really helped when I've had to be more full-time going in full-time in the office at 31. He has really helped with picking the kids up from school. Um, you know, the after school stuff until I can get home. What I have been trying to do also with the freelance, which they've been really amazing about this is I actually work two of the days. So five out of the five days a week, I work two of the days, Mondays and Fridays. I work from eight to five thirty or whatever, like my longer days. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday through Thursday, I try to only work from like eight to three. Oh, that way nice. I'm home when the kids come home from school, because I'd say the biggest hardship for us right now with where my kids are in school is the homework. If there's so much in the sports. So <laughs> times four. So yeah, <laughs> times four. So I'm like, it's crazy. So if I can, I try to be home. Um, it's been a little rough the past several months because this is kind of our crazy time at work. So, um, I've been trying to be home at that schedule as much as possible, but it hasn't really panned out these past several months because of the way my, the way our seasons run right now and how it's really busy. But yeah. hopefully in the next couple of months, it won't be as crazy because it's, it gets to be a little bit slower, not slow, but like, like I don't know, just not as crazy. Yeah. Um, so I do try to do that where I balance a few days a week. I will say that if somebody can do that with the freelancing or even with the full time, um, to try to, if you have kids and you need that time after school with your kids for, which I call the bewitching hour, if you can work it with your, your clients, 
that would be awesome. I'm sure that is probably a little bit easier if there are freelancers that are doing most of their work from home because, you know, you're probably tailoring your hours just around right. your day and what whatever. Works. But, yeah. but yeah, um, mine's pretty unique in the fact that I am here in town with that client and, you know, I go in a lot. So, yeah. um, and all your kids happen to be in like full-time school like you're out of the kindergarten yes. stage like the half day yes. or yeah yeah okay. they yeah so they were at when it was the preschool years I was only doing the freelance three days a week so that okay. was pretty good but gotcha. then when they kindergarten here for us where they go to school is actually all day so oh, okay. they nice. which is nice yeah so they were they were there so they're there from eight to three so not everybody so those, that yeah I know like eight so to those, noon like what am I supposed to do by the time I drop them I off know. like I can't get anything done I've heard that. I, know. I don't have kids but I've heard that yeah <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah and even with the preschool it was nuts because I had two of them going at different schedules because our preschool where we had it it was like half days but like one of my children was going three days a week another child was going five days a week but one was going in the morning and one was going in the afternoon so I was like driving oh back and gosh. forth and yeah <laughs> so it was a little nuts um but yeah so um, but anyway, so yeah, so it's now that they're in grade school all at the same time, that definitely helps with during the day. But, gotcha. um, I will say there are times that I am working, I mean, I'll come home and bring my work home. I mean, it, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes to be able to bring it home because then I am working till 11 and 12 and one yeah, sometimes like at night if there's a big project yeah. because then, but then the payback is earlier that day. The reason I'm working that late is because I ended up going into the kid's school and did something with them that they had like a, a you know, a presentation or the kids did yeah. a play. And so I will say I'm trying to maneuver it as best I can and get everything. And I still can with my kids because they are my priority. So it's just, it's, it's a juggling act, I guess I would say. Yeah. I, I wish I had a better, it's a juggling act, but I'm trying to make it work for me and my my specific scenario. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job and like you're taking advantage of the flexibility you do get through the freelancing and like getting those, yeah. you don't get those moments back where you no, know, the school play the or the, the Valentine's day activity. You don't, those are kind of once and gone. Right. Right. So, and I don't want to miss those. Yeah. I mean, I just, with all the years I put in with, with the industry and stuff, I just, I know that that is so important and, um, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you are doing an amazing job, Carrie. Um, and even though you don't have it figured out, like you said, I don't think anyone really has this magic answer figured out. You're no. all trying to like juggle it and see what works. And you kind of figure out a system that, that you know, fits your life and you run with yes. that. Um, so yeah. thank you so much for sharing your whole story, all your amazing advice and um, everything you've gone through. You have such a great career trajectory i would love to end the episode with the one question i ask everybody at the very end and that is what is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they would oh i would say i guess people always want to know oh what do you think of that glamorous job you have it's so glamorous i wish they would ask me what it really is because <laughs> It is so not glamorous. Yeah, I mean, I there are, it's just funny because I really think people watch the Devil Wears Prada and I think that they're <laughs> like, oh my God, oh my God, you're going to all the Roma. It's just amazing, you know. Yeah. I mean, not that they think I'm going to Roma shows, but I mean, yeah. I think they think it's this big, you know, grandiose job and it's all creative. Um, and I guess I wish they would ask me, you know, like what really it entails. It's funny too because there was one guy at our school that didn't even know that fashion design was an actual major. Mm. <laughs> he was like you went to school for that and I'm like yeah oh. yeah I actually did like it's a whole major like yeah he was amazed I'm like it's just funny like I don't think people realize sometimes but um but yeah I would say I wish they would ask me what your job really entails because I don't <laughs> think people realize <laughs> they, they really don't no. <laughs> they really don't it's not it's not nearly as much frolicking and fabric as you might think <laughs> No, no. Uh, there's so many pieces and parts, and yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. are not glamorous, but they're fun. They're challenging. They're fun. It it's inspiring. You work hard. You get great results, and it's fun. Definitely. Uh, well, awesome. And if people want to connect with you online or Instagram, or what's the best sure. way for them to find you? Sure. It's um fully. I think it's fully dot carry on Instagram. Okay. Um, and on Facebook, it's just Carrie, Carrie while in the parentheses Barnes Foley, cause my maiden name is Barnes. Okay. So Carrie Barnes Foley on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. We will link to both of those in the show notes. 
Um, for and I, oh, and I am on yeah. LinkedIn as well. So oh yeah. Just, okay. Is that a good it's place just under, for like work related stuff? Sure. For work related. Yep. Yeah. It's on, it's Carrie Foley. Carrie Foley. So, okay. Awesome. Yeah. We will link to all three of those in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for taking time out of your yeah. Wednesday afternoon when you are done freelancing early and you're like, have this time set aside to hang out with your family and you spent it no with problem. us. We really appreciate it. Um, no problem. And it was I'm great. I'm happy to, to be story. doing it. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was really great to interview you. Great. Great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. And thank you so much to you for listening out there. I would also like to give a big shout out to my husband, Mark, who handles all of the tech and editing, and he makes the show possible, as well as my amazingly wonderful right-hand team member, Saya. She makes sure each episode gets published and delivered to you on time. And again, thank you so much to each of you for listening. The show wouldn't be here without you, and I really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, As a quick reminder, I mentioned this in the beginning, but just one last reminder, Successful Fashion Designer is way more than just a podcast. I have tons of free templates, tutorials, and books on things from Illustrator to tech packs to freelancing to portfolios and so much to help you get ahead in the fashion industry. So you can check that all out at soheidi.com slash email again s-e-w-h-e-i-d-i.com slash email and i will send you all my best free resources i've curated a package together just for you guys as podcast listeners so definitely check that out soheidi.com slash email last if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode check out the show notes by scrolling down wherever you're listening thank you again so much and i will talk to you in the next successful fashion designer podcast episode